It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, and visiting in studio is Coach Earl McMahon. Uh, Coach Mack, hey, welcome in. It's uh, it's always a good Wednesday. Good morning, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Boone, uh, we got another Maryville College legend, a Blunt County I, I, a builder of everything. I mean, you talk about his impact to academics, his impact to athletics. I mean, this is a this is a great guest. Yeah, when you put in all the years Coach Mack has, everybody knows your name. It's kind of like that TV show. I like to go where everybody knows my name. I'm a cheers guy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Earl's always been uh, kind of a football hero, a model of mine, if you will. Uh, left Maryville College, and I thought I'd go down and check out the high school Lanier. And we had this new coach down there from Hollywood, Florida, man. He was firing everybody up. Welcome in, Earl. Thank you very much. Uh, great to be here this morning. Hey, Earl, uh, uh, Coach Mack, I always feel like I need to call you Coach, but, uh, uh, you know, it, you've had a, a longstanding uh, influence on Blunt County. Talk about, you know, your retirement. I've looked at that that article, 34 years in Blunt County schools, and, 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 and like, you know, Boone talked about, kind of all started at Maryville College, and, and and want to talk a little bit about that because that's a you, you know you were part of that that elevation to what what Boone even calls the golden age of Maryville College football really the the time when that program kind of ascended uh, to a really good time really kind of let us in on like what happened Hollywood Florida sun warm and then you made it to East Tennessee how's that work out well uh, it, it's it's really pretty easy to go back into memory lane if you will and talk about it I Hollywood Florida was a great place to live it was a, a pretty good community I never lived more than a mile from the beach wasn't a surfer uh, but uh, always enjoyed sports uh, <clears throat> I had relatives in Chattanooga Tennessee uh, my mom's uh, relatives and some of my dad's were from East Tennessee so I knew the area a little bit and uh Upon graduation, we we had we had some pretty good football down there, and uh, the uh, had, had made some rounds, got some visits at uh, uh, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Uh, but before people talk about that and say, "Really, um, you got to remember that those programs were not the programs that that they were uh, in the 21st century and late 20th century." They just uh, not very good programs, but uh, went on some visits there, and, and uh, I played baseball and football and wanted to continue that if I went to college. And back in those days, the, the coaches were just dead set against playing two sports. So uh, that, along with maybe being maybe an inch or two small and uh, 10 or 15 pounds light, uh, for whatever reason, it was a combination of uh, looking elsewhere and uh, just not uh, feeling real comfortable about those programs at the time. Uh, lo and behold, uh, 
uh, Coach uh, Monk Tomlinson and uh, Coach Kardaski were doing some barnstorming down in Florida uh, looking for recruits and uh, talked about Maribel College. And I knew where Maribel was, uh, about 100 miles from Chattanooga. And, and I said, well, that sounds like a great place. Uh, can I play two sports there? And they can go, you can play all you want. So, <laughs> right. Uh, with my mom's situation with income and some, uh, back then they, they were able to give you a little bit of aid. Uh, I was able to basically go to Maryville college pretty much. Oh, wow. So, uh, uh, ended up being a great situation. I told Boone when we were prepping for this, I said, he went from Hollywood to Dollywood. <laughs> I said, he, he made a good jump. And, uh, you know, coach, I really was in here. Tony, I really was in here last week and he was from Florida he was from Sarasota and, and, and he said on his teams when he was at Maryville College, there would be a ton of kids from Florida. Was that the same on your, on your squads? Absolutely. It was like a Ben-Hur movie my freshman year. There were hundreds some freshmen, and, and uh, it, it was amazing. My mom gave me $200 and said, we'll see you at graduation. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, there were a lot of times during three-a-day practices uh, with no water and this type thing that uh, it, was a, it was certainly a shock to my system. But – uh, you could hear the suitcases going down the stairs, and uh, uh, but uh, you know there was a lot of folks from from Florida and other other areas that came out as freshmen at Maryville College. Yeah, it seemed like Maryville gave you that opportunity to play multiple sports. It, it's funny because that was that's a big take for Tony too. He wanted to play baseball as well, and, and so that's that's really interesting that you know it doesn't always have to be you know, that flashy name or what have you. It's got to be that dynamic and, and that it fit in t- East Tennessee. That's great. And, and honestly, you had to like your, your time. You stuck around for a while. Sure did. And uh, it, I'll be honest, the first uh, semester uh, after football season at the break, I, I was ready to go home. Uh, <laughs> I did go home, and I I said, well, all my friends are somewhere else. They're, they're, they're in college having their own uh, careers in, in school. And you know, you, it's tough to go back home again and, and visualize the way it was when you left as a senior in high school. So mm. uh, the dynamic had changed, and I said, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad uh, after all to come up back up to East Tennessee. Hey, Earl, uh, kind of looking back, I remember this. I was, I was really small, but uh, I've heard a lot of stories about some of the guys you played with. One of the exciting things for me is to actually get a feel for what it's like in a huddle. Yeah. Um Joe Costner was up there, right? Absolutely. Uh, Joe and I remain close friends to this day. Uh, excellent, excellent quarterback. I heard he had an unbelievable arm, and you had a really quick wide receiver, and I think uh, David Clinton was a linebacker, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, David, we, we had a great core of linebackers, two of them, David Clinton, David Warwick, and, uh, of course, Joe Costner to Mike Butler was, was a Butler, tremendous – Butler, that was uh, him. Yes, duo along with Dean Harden, Randy Miner, uh, pretty good. We were doing things offensively that that were not being really done in in the uh, early '70s as far as spreading the field and throwing the football. You got a quick story where uh, something really big happened in the huddle, so we can kind of get a feel for what it was like in there, maybe. Just some funny things that you find in the huddle. Two quick things: Robert Callaway, uh, he's no longer with us, but he's a Maryville native. Uh, was a running back and had played football with Joe at Maryville High School. Uh, Joe was in a huddle. We were playing somebody. It was a close game, and Joe had a tendency to kind of kneel on one knee and call the play in the huddle, and then get up and as the huddle broke, but. 
Robert came in with a with a alternate with another running back and stepped right on Joe's Achilles. Oh, and uh, oh no, uh, there was some rather uh, colorful language going on because <laughs> he'd known Robert probably since he was six years old. And uh, another thing I can remember is one of Joe's infrequent interceptions he threw was against Hampton Sydney, and they were a very good football team at our at our place. And uh, Joe threw an interception over the middle and uh, about 15, 20 yards downfield. And I, I was running down to try to make a play. And there was a, our tackle, Larry McDowell from West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, he was a big old boy. And he had a, a, a head of steam. And as the guy made a left cut, uh, Larry met him head on and it was one of the most brutal hits i've ever heard it was like a shotgun went off and he uh the young man was an all-american the year before and he he was done he he was his career was over after that so it was it was uh, a memorable experience oh wow so so coach you talk about talk about being with those great players and you were one yourself you know i look at the maryville maryville college wall of fame and you're right there on it and, and you were pretty a uh, quick ad I mean, you you look at it, and I'm going down the history, and, and you played, and maybe maybe ten years later, you're on the wall. Uh, I mean, that that's got to mean that you had a pretty good impact. But talk about some of those moments during your your time there, like maybe a game that just like sticks out, like that's the game that I knew, like that was that was a really good game for me. Well, you know, I, I, I I'm very blessed and humbled about being named uh, to that prestigious honor. Um, the thing I can kind of relate it to is we went in my junior year when, when Joe Costner and, and those receivers were putting up tremendous yards. I think we were number one in total offense his senior year and our junior year, uh, mainly passing the football. We'd throw it 55 times a game sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, Air raid 1.0. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, the next year we lost those receivers pretty much. We lost Joe. We went from that to – primarily a running game and so mm-hmm. we had uh Rodney Stevens who who is a younger brother of a, a good friend of mine Larry Stevens had gained over a thousand yards so we went from primarily a passing team to a running team so maybe the versatility there would might have had a factor to do with it uh I actually wanted to came in as a tight end and uh was the goal line tight end and I punted as a freshman, but I wanted more playing time. So I went to Mike Dalton, who uh, was the uh, also um, my receiver coach at the time, and said, Coach, uh, I'd like to switch. I'm going to eat some donuts and things like that and get up to where I could play guard because I think I could, I could win a spot there. And he graciously allowed me to do that. You know, Tony, when he was in here last week, he talked about the cold weather switch from Florida to up here. Uh, you talked a little bit off air about that punting duty. Now that uh, that cold weather had an influence. Absolutely, and a quick uh, side light to that. I, I had a strong leg, uh, but I couldn't kick a spiral. And uh, Dan Webb, who who's uh, I consider one of my all time favorite coaches, coached at Alcoa for years, but he was coaching at Maryville College at the time. He would take time and spend time with me after practice trying to develop a spiral and I finally got that and it certainly helped my punting uh during that time but anyway we played Carson Newman the last game of the year at at, uh at Carson Newman it was always a rival um warming up for punts it was snowing and sleeting and and 
the first snap I took, I kicked the football, and I, I swore my foot went with that football. <laughs> it, it was like kicking a brick, and an old boy from South Florida who had never been around snow much, that was, <laughs> that was certainly an eye-opener. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Earl, so, uh, God, I envy you. That's, that's some great Maryville College times. So you get uh, – you and I, I was always chasing you. I missed you at uh, Maryville College. I came in in 75, missed you by a year. And then, lo and behold, you start coasting to high school. I left there and missed you about a year there. Tell, tell us about some of those great Lanier teams, uh, Mutt Baldwin, Benny Poe, Barry Whitehead, who was a walk-on at UT. Uh, you guys, I came to one game, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had not lost a game. Tell you what, just to preface it by, I coached a year down in Hollywood, Florida, at Chaminade High School, a Catholic school, the – uh, head coach Vince Sapone said, how you doing? Uh, you're Catholic, aren't you? And I went, no, sir, I'm not. <laughs> he goes, uh, well, can you drive a bus? I said, absolutely. And I couldn't drive a bus. So uh, <laughs> You're like, I can't say no <laughs> twice. <laughs> a- a- absolutely. So I would, I would get the keys at about uh, 11 o'clock and go down, drive the bus to a, a grocery store to learn how to drive the bus. <laughs> but anyway, um, coach year there, and, and uh, Mike Dalton called me and said, would you, would you like to come up and teach and coach? And I said, yes, sir, I sure would. And he said, uh, got an opening at Lanier. Show up at, at uh, preseason practice, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I've never been around uh, such eager, such hardworking young men as that as that Lanier team. Yes, you mentioned some of those uh, athletes, and you know we had some uh, great linemen and and uh, as well. And I, I don't want to mention because I'd leave people out, but the, such a great community and, and such great young men. The three years I spent at, at Lanier, uh, Coach Skip Murren, Coach Ken Shepard, we had a great – and later on Larry Satterfield came and joined us. Uh, such a great uh, uh, group of young, you know, gentlemen to coach with, and I grew as a coach being around them. But uh, great players. Wallen beat us uh, during the regular season. We were both undefeated. They, they had won the state championship, I believe, the year before – uh, showed up at five o'clock for the game, and the stands were full, four or five deep. Coach, uh, this conversation's gone really well, and it it's went so well that it sparked a little interest on the phone line. So let's uh, let's oh, jump wow. to the phone line, and see who's uh, talking with us. Hey, you're on the grind. Well, hello. This is uh, Tony Iruli. I, <laughs> I heard that there's a pretty good Maryville College player that's out y'all talking to, and I got nothing better going on at six in the morning then call in and say hi to my man uh, earl how you doing earl i'm doing great coach it's a little earlier than i'm used to right now but it, it, it's been a pleasure so far and uh, it's it's great to talk well, to you're, you you're all retired now so you're living the luxury life and so uh you know it, you know you, you you can sleep until about nine ten o'clock in the morning and uh you know and you getting up early is kind of hard to do right now you're exactly right so, as long as i have those <laughs> raymond noodles uh being retired I, I eat a lot of raymond noodles now <laughs> hey you go well i tell you what uh when i came to Maryland college i came probably i came in 76 so it was several years after earl graduated i mean he was already uh legendary at the time i mean you, know, you heard stories about him and uh and, uh, uh, you know, the, the guys on the team and, uh, you know, the great Costner quarterback and uh, it just, uh, you know, and I lived in uh, Carnegie Hall. So, I mean, there was still a lot of things legendary going on from Carnegie Hall that was going on when Earl was there. 
But uh, he, he was really one of those guys that you, whenever Earl would come by the college to visit, uh, you know, he was always kind of uh, one of those main guys that was always kind of legendary. And so, uh, and uh, you know, he was a very inspirational to me. And you know, and uh, you know, him going into the coaching profession, and especially him coming from Florida. You know, uh, you know, back in those days, uh, there was a there was a big trail from Florida to to Maryville College, not only f- uh, from the uh, East Coast where uh, Earl was from Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale area, but also from the West Coast, Sarasota, Brainton, Tampa area as well. Hey Tony, and, uh, so was, Tony, yeah. uh, when I came, uh, there were always two or three words. Hard nosed was an Earl word. Uh, yeah. Coaching wise, charisma. He set kind of a standard. Uh, you were going to be a tough, get after it, go into the whistle, or he was just going to be really disappointed with you. And those Lanier guys, they did not want him to be disappointed in them. They tried so hard. But uh, I had a nephew, Tony, and he actually had Coach Mack in class. This was all new to me. We were just talking, and I was talking about how good the team was at Lanier and uh, then his yeah. days of coaching his son at William Blunt. and. He said, well, I'm going to tell you one thing about Coach Mack. This is uh, Justin Boone. Coach Mack might remember him. He said, we had him in economics class. And there was one phrase that came out of his mouth. If you ever heard it, you were a dead man. <laughs> and I said, what? He figuratively, said, yeah. figuratively. <laughs> he said, uh, you never wanted to hear Coach Mack say, ah, oh, you guys are getting a little squirrely. <laughs> that meant the kids were yeah, misbehaving. Yeah. I've heard him use that several times. Uh, we're, you know, we're – we're part of a fraternity back in our day like this, and uh, he would use the word, word squirrely several times, and, and uh, we all cleared out when he started using that word. <laughs> yeah, and, the, uh, so, the Earlisms. <laughs> I, I love it. And, uh, but uh, but like, like you said, I mean, you know, I mean Earl was those guys that were tough, hard-nosed type of player, and I, I really believe uh, whatever coach, team he coached, whether it was a Lanier, Heritage, William Blunt, uh, you know, the players really kind of uh, kind of reflected the type of guy he was, and uh, you know he never really went to schools that were just uh, had an abundance of, of talent. All right, he was always at schools that you know, in order for you to be successful, I mean, you had to uh, out tough your opponent, you had to be physical, and that's the type of guy Earl was, and uh, and uh, you know it reflected on his coaching and, and his success in high school. Tony, I sure appreciate the phone call in, man. It's a, it's, it's fun. I told him, you know, you came on two days last week, and then he's on this week. I was like, I was like, we're getting these Maryville College legends just getting rolling them in here. Well, uh, uh, that's because we're we're, get, get, we're old and retired. We got a lot of time on our hands right now. I, and uh, I just thought it was boom. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're sadly mistaken but, there, my friend. But uh, no, I tell you, it's it's. Uh, I really appreciate you calling me up and talking about Earl because, like I said. Uh, when I, to me, you know, coming into Merrill College, Earl was one of those legendary guys uh, that you, you loved being around and uh, was always around the team and uh, would always be a guy that uh, whenever whenever he came by, I mean, it, it was automatic respect. And so uh, so he's been a big influence in my early career, and uh, he's always remained a, a very, very good friend throughout the years. And so I'm glad that you got Someone who's smart and intelligent as a guest this week. You know, I know, I know, you had a step back last week with the guest that you had, but oh, uh, no. the, the level of intelligence has greatly improved this week with having Earl there. And seeing that sign, uh, 
Earl McMahon, All-American. Did that not motivate you, Tony, when you first walked in oh, here yeah, your freshman yeah. year? I mean, I mean, he was on the Hall of Fame very early in his career. Uh, I mean, he, he was one of those guys that, uh, you know, once they started that uh, Wall of Fame, I mean, he was like in the very top of guys that uh, was going to be on that Wall of Fame. And so, uh, it, and, and rightly so, along with him and Dave Clinton, those guys were, and Joe Costner, those three guys were very legendary uh, in the uh, early 70s. And so, uh, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you having me on to uh, uh, speak some uh, good words on uh, on my buddy there. Checks in the mail, Coach. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> hey, hey, it doesn't have to be very much. A couple bucks will be good for me. <laughs> Thanks, Tony, for giving us a call. All right, guys. Take care. Y'all have a great morning. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Hey, and again, Coach Tony, I really – but, but... – Coach Mack, let's let's take us a little quick break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, I want to hear more about that Lanier football team. I want to hear some more about 34 years in Blunt County, both developing people in the classroom and developing athletes on the football field, baseball field, basketball court, across the gamut. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. and streaming at WKVL.com. You're listening right here. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. This is Alex Melvin, CEO of Royal King. We at Royal King are grateful to serve our communities, providing the essential products you need for your family, farms, and homes. But to continue to have that privilege, we need the help of our customers. We insist no more than one adult per cart can shop at one time. Royal King is here to assist you with your shopping and loading needs. God bless all of you, and God bless our country. From Rural King, America's Farm and Home Store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. This announcement from the Knox Area Rescue Ministries. CarmStores is taking action to protect donors, customers, volunteers, and team members amidst the COVID-19 situation. In accordance with Executive Order 23 by the Governor of Tennessee, all donation centers and retail operations are closed until the order has expired. Please keep all your items for donation until our donation locations are able to reopen. Your continued support is essential to helping us continue to serve the homeless and those in need in the Knox area. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch the grind not in its normal programming if you can't make that six to seven hour check it out online 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner and Coach Earl McMahon as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Might as well call this Legends Day, Boone, as we've got Coach Mack in here talking a little bit. We've made it through the Maryville College years and, and kind of touched on the Lanier years. And you talk about the toughness of that Lanier football team. They're a couple years, three years. And, and really, uh, that was your uh, in teaching your foundation in Blount County, what would go on to be 34 years. But uh, started in a small community, but one, like you said, was very, very special. Absolutely. Uh, just memories galore uh, of that time. Uh, came to Lanier, and uh, of course, I taught economics, and there wasn't a lot of uh, students there, so I had to teach other things. They go, by the way, you're going to be teaching some uh, geography and some math, and, and we're going to make you a PE, elementary PE teacher. So I'd give the grades one through six teachers a little break, and I'd meet them in the gym, and it was rock 'em sock 'em with those little kids for for forty five <laughs> minutes, uh, and it's amazing. Twenty years later, you'd you'd say, you know, you'd meet up with somebody, and say, you know, I was in second grade, and I remember you as being a PE teacher uh, with me at Lanier, and and it was very very flattering and just great times. And uh, Coach, uh, uh, as I say, Coach Shepard, Coach Murren, just great mentors to me, and. Uh, uh, enabled mainly they they said look you're in charge of uh, of defense and offensive line and and uh, we just want you to coach we're not going to look over your shoulder and uh or anything like that and I, I was very appreciative of that hey Earl I had to skip <laughs> and uh, oh my god skip would, story upcoming. we would laugh so hard he, he always licked his fingers and he would talk and uh, if he got really excited he would jump up and he, he did a little skip when he was in the huddle and one time uh he he called a play and he had he would uh call the play and then i would repeat it and it was twins left motion right and all this kind of stuff and i had about five different phrases i was supposed to say and i just walked in the huddle and i said total messed up total messed up on one ready break <laughs> but uh you got any uh you got any funny skip stories ted best mark best and those guys oh my god they told me probably hundreds of uh stories about him i know you the thing i noticed is he really let you coach uh totally trusted his assistants and uh share with us a story about him if you can recall one. just a quick one uh we we had finished the season and i don't know which one it was of the three years that i was there at lanier but we after the year uh was over they always met at i believe dixie restaurant on on uh lamar alexander it's gone now but we would meet, the coaches would, and select an all-district uh, team. He had a Volkswagen. He picked me up, and there was a big culvert uh, right in front of the restaurant. And all the coaches were on the porch kind of talking and whatnot. And 
Skip drives up in the in the Volkswagen. They were giving him a, the business a little bit, and he was out there giving them some business back. Well, next thing I know, I'm laying on top of him in the Volkswagen. He's gone off into that culvert, and that, <laughs> and that, and, and that Volkswagen's on its side. Well, there's a long silence. I look up, and those coaches are just diving off the porch laughing. They can't. They just can't. It's, it's hilarious. There's about – seemed like an hour goes by, and he, he kind of – Hey, hey, Mac, get off of me. <laughs> and I, I go, coach, I can't, you know. And, and so, uh, anyway, they came out and all those coaches came out and, and tried to get that Volkswagen upright so we could get out of the car. But uh, he, he was a fiery competitor, uh, but the kids loved him, and, and I certainly did too. And that's just one of many. We uh, – we play little tricks on him when when I was coaching at William Blunt, and he he took it very well. He was a good good very great guy. I miss him terribly. Hey Earl, we were we were we had a big game, and it was for the Foothills Conference lead against Porter. And the really fun thing was the uh, pep rallies in the auditorium. Skip got up there. He said, "We got a special delivery here," and I thought, "What in the world is he talking about?" He walked back behind him and held up a wreath of flowers. And uh, he read the you know the little phrase or inscription on it, and then it was from Porter High School, and he fired us up so much. It was <laughs> we ended up playing on a Saturday. The final score was zero to zero. <laughs> oh wow! They were they were big big tough team up there in the rankings, but uh, we didn't find out until years later that Skip ordered those flowers. Oh, absolutely! Made that story up. Absolutely, that's awesome. That was. He's just crazy. I just laughed so much. I was so blessed to play for him for three years. Just a great, great individual, and he, he loved kids. But he was one of the funniest human beings I ever met without, without meaning to be. Right. You know, so. Just great personality. Well, Coach Mack, you talked about being there at three years. And, and looking at, you know, kind of your 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 line there, uh, Lanier High School, economics teacher, assistant football coach assistant baseball coach head boys and girls basketball coach did you did you sleep at all tell you what uh not a lot not a lot <laughs> especially that first year i me and another guy that went to maribel college we had we got a mobile home uh on clendenon road so in the winter time that that heater didn't heat very well so it was always a comfort to get down to Lanier to where it was warm so <laughs> just stay busy uh, just, just stay, stay busy that's exactly right absolutely well coach you you moved on from Lanier and from 79 to 84 you were at William Blunt as an economics teacher head softball coach and assistant football coach yes again uh, uh, uh a new experience, uh, a, a melding of, of communities, uh, rather unique. Uh, you had you had uh, communities that were rivals for years and years and years, all coming together at a comprehensive high school. It was a, it was a challenge, uh, but it was a fun challenge. It, it, it was uh, very awesome to see rivals come together. Uh, team-wise for, for a common goal and uh, enjoyed certainly my time at, at William Blunt. Again, great, great athletes that I, and as long with students that I worked with at, at William Blunt those five years and, and uh, again, great memories and, and great experiences. And you were blessed again, Earl, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Hall of Famer there, uh, Coach Mike White, 
did you get some coaching with him and some other assistants we might know? Absolutely. Uh, there was a big – nobody knew what was going to go on. Uh, we had a player named Buster Smith who as a junior led the state in scoring at Lanier uh, football-wise, and, and he asked us, are you going to coach at, at, at William Blunt? Well, we didn't know at the time. Uh, as it turned out, both of us did coach at William Blunt, but uh, Buster had, had gone on to another school in, in the county. Uh, but uh, uh, Mike White, Steve Gordon, Charlie Finley, uh, Larry Satterfield, uh, and myself uh, made up the coaching staff. And, uh, the, again, great people to work with. Hey, Earl, Larry Satterfield had the misfortune. Of course, he played at UT. And then he went on to the pros to try to make it. But he had a bowl game, and uh, <laughs> he was trying to block an NFL Hall of Famer by the nickname of the Manster. Do, <laughs> do you know who that is? Absolutely. He talks about Randy. He talked about Randy White quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had an inside source, and uh, Randy White was uh, using all kinds of vulgarity and telling him new things he did not know about his mother. And <laughs> Oh, no. White, White would do anything yeah. to get an edge, I'll tell you what. Yes. Uh, Theoretically speaking. Jer- <laughs> Larry Satterfield, gentle giant, great guy, uh, jovial. Uh, I've only seen him really mad one time, and, and uh, that, was, that was an experience in and of itself to watch. Well, Coach, you know, you talked about bringing those high schools together, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a different thing. That's, that's a dynamic that, like you said, is kind of unknown, and for you to be a part of that, did that, did that really like kind of add to your foundation as a coach, as a teacher, as a, uh, uh, even an educator? Absolutely. As I said, I can't say enough about the Lanier community and, and how well those folks got along. Of course, you look back, they were probably, you know, raised in that community, stayed in that community for the most part through their high school years. And then coming to a, a where you blended different communities certainly was a, a challenge, but, but it was also a, a fun ch- type of challenge. Um, you grew because you, right off the bat you play, uh, you play Maryville High School. With that tradition, I think they beat us 11 to nothing, which was a monumental Victory for us, in a way, being a first-year school. Uh, we ended up and, and we beat Heritage that year, who had a couple-year head start on us. So, you know, we had some we had some small victories during those times, and uh, it, again, it had so much to do with the uh, administration, the students, and the athletes trying to make the best of that situation. That's that's really you know like I said that's a dynamic that's just interesting to just try to wrap your head around because again a lot of today's generation they understand schools are where they're at I mean there's every now and again a new high school becomes but I mean even like up in Sullivan County there's consolidation it's not adding it's you know it's more of a consolidation but but as you you kind of work through your William Blunt day seventy nine through eighty four and, and then you move across county eighty four to ninety uh, to to coach and teach at Heritage High School eighty four to eighty six you were economics teacher head baseball coach if anybody's keeping score that's his fourth head coaching rig and then uh, and then he's also assistant um, football coach and then in eighty six. Uh, you were economics teacher and head football coach. Did you keep the baseball title at that point, or did you drop that? No, I dropped that at that time. Uh, just uh, I, I was married at that. You know, by that time I was uh, had my first child, my son, and uh, just really uh, football. Being a head football coach at a uh, AAA school at the time, uh, which was a top classification, was was pretty much uh, 
full-time job right. and that along with with teaching absolutely and, and you know you, you started as an assistant in 84 and then by 86 you were the head football coach uh what what again i always like to understand you know some people you know i, I just use john chavis as kind of a, a example he's a lifetime assistant and he's great at it what 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 i guess did you always want to be a head coach at some time or 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 did it and i know you were that at, at lanier but did how did that uh, how did that go well, I, I had aspirations to to see how well I could do to run a program, a football program. I'd had uh, the opportunities to do, as you as you alluded to, uh, girls softball, girls and boys basketball. Had, and uh, I, I wanted. I knew it took time. I I, I think it takes time to, uh, to, as you say, expand your horizons, learn mm-hmm. different aspects of being a head football coach, and. Uh, I had moved to Heritage to become a defensive coordinator and uh, uh, with Jack Renfro, and nice. I have utmost respect for Coach Renfro. Uh, he was another person who said, look, the only thing I want you to do, I'm going to leave you alone, just keep them from scoring. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was enough for me to take the ball and, and do the best I could with it, along with some great athletes at Heritage. Earl, I, I was at a funeral, and I ran into – Wayne Everett, Jack's the offensive assistant coordinator. We were sharing football stories, and I said, uh, every year I was there, I think you beat us, and you're pushing that state title every year. I said, did, did you not have it in your heart to take it a little bit easier on us? And uh, he kept bragging on us, telling us how tough we played, but he actually told me, Earl, that in practice they had an area where they would – run the offense and the plays uphill. Well, my mind starts racing. I'm thinking, if I go Monday through Friday and I'm scrimmaging and practicing, I have to go uphill, Friday's a breeze. But that's the extending the bar as far as motivation. Am I right? <laughs> I tell you what, Coach Renfro always had a hill. He had a hill at Wallen. He had a hill at, at, at Heritage. And uh, those athletes knew that if they didn't do what he asked them to do too many times, they would visit the hill and uh, – would also run a few plays up the hill just just because, and uh, again that was a tactic that uh, maybe wouldn't may not be accepted in this day and time, <laughs> but it certainly was a was a motivator. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a toughness element that that I'm afraid is too far gone because again the the limitations of uh, I don't want to say political correctness, but really really that that is the the situation. It's it's where is that line? And uh, you know, I think those uh, you know those those older teams kind of they have a toughness edge that you can't you can't replicate with uh, with today's levels. But but coach, you, you went through ninety uh, at Heritage, and then you step out of out of teaching, out of coaching, and, and sell some insurance, and then quickly five years later get back into it. Did you miss it, coach? Yes, I did. I, I missed it uh, quite a bit. It was a necessity. I had had uh, my my wife was having some illness, uh, spending a lot of time with with football. Uh, Started part time in that business, uh, financial planning and insurance, and was it was doing pretty well, uh, and uh, basically said I'll see what I can do full time, uh, and uh, got into that for uh, for five years, as you said, and and uh, uh, my son was, I believe in. Uh, seventh or eighth grader, and and I had gotten a call from someone at William Blunt, and they had asked if I would entertain, maybe get back into coaching, and 
I, I, I jumped at the opportunity for that. Absolutely. And then as you get back in, you, 95 to 05, you're at William Blunt. And then 05 to 09, you, you got back to Heritage and was actually Heritage's principal there in, in, in 09. And, and from there, in those moments, uh, you took Heritage academically to some, some really great heights in the state of Tennessee and did some great things. Well, as, as or you, was a part of absolutely, and I, I you know, I, it's, they're like it's like a quarterback, a principal is, or a head coach is like a quarterback to get a lot of accolades when they win and a lot of blame when they lose. I was very fortunate in in a lot of my endeavors to to have the support and the help of a lot of great people, great students, great teachers, uh, who, at, you know, was able to Heritage was a school that. You had, again, you had a lot of kids who, who maybe came from different backgrounds. Our teachers and, and uh, were able to motivate our students to uh, some tremendous growth, taking them where they were to, to leaps and bounds and to the point that, yes, that one of the most proudest I am of, of accomplishments is that our school was in the top 5% of, of in the state in growth. So that's a testament to the teachers and students at Heritage High School. Absolutely. And, but, but, again, you're, you're the quarterback, and, and, and I think at that point we we're going to recognize you that way. But what I loved about the articles I read, it said in that same year, Heritage High School had a 92.84% graduation rate, highest in history. That's, that's, a, that's a mark. That's a watermark that you, you'll always be a part of. Well, uh, proud of that accomplishment. Uh, it, it was a lot of uh, – had a lot of students and – uh, in some boiler room type <laughs> talks with them to try to talk them into staying and let make them realize that that you know the, the future's very bright if you'll just let it go through the process so uh, it, it uh, I know from my experiences I, I had to have mentors uh, growing up because uh, if it wasn't for coaches uh, my mom worked three to eleven very ni- every night, so I was kind of on my own. So if it wasn't for coaches, uh, it, it could have been a lot different story. Absolutely, but coach, you translated well. And, and again, thirty-four years in Blunt County school systems, and near forty in the Blunt County area. So uh, again, that's awesome, and you continue to be here, and and love that we're being able to talk to you. But we have made it through thirty-four years of coaching and teaching. Let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your daughter and son, some great accomplishments in, in athletics for them, and talk about the recruitment of your daughter with the legendary Coach Pat Summit. We'll talk about that on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. Well, come on back. You don't want to miss it.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner and visiting is Coach Earl McMahon. Coach, again, thanks for coming in. It's been a great conversation to this point. We've uh, we've spanned 34 years in about 47 minutes, so <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you for having me, and it, uh, it seems like it's gone that quick, those 34 <laughs> years, to be honest. Absolutely. But, but Coach, we talked about, about your playing days, uh, your coaching days, and, of course, teaching and, and elevating just Blunt County academics and athletics in general. Uh, but let's talk about your, your son and daughter, both, both athletes uh, in their own right. Uh, Kate McMahon, two-time national champion at the University of Tennessee with Coach Pat Summit. Let's start there. Uh, she was recruited by Pat Summit. And, 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 again, you being a coach, being an educator, you saw kind of what Pat Summit was doing in her early days and building what she had there in Knoxville. And, and, and what did it – I guess as, as your daughter kind of came through the ranks, uh, did you see those two paths, you know, kind of colliding there? Well, first of all, uh, my wife played basketball at Everett High School. Uh, my basketball prowess uh, consisted mainly of setting picks and fouling out. And, uh, <laughs> you get five. That's what and, I always say. And I wanted, I've always bargained for seven or eight, but just, just got five. But uh, So uh, mainly her uh, ability stemmed from uh, her older brother's patience uh, he would allow her to play basketball out in the neighborhood with all we were blessed to have a great neighborhood uh, with a lot of kids coming over we had a basketball court in the back and uh, she grew up tough those those guys who were four and five to six years older than her wouldn't really give her much uh, leeway so uh, she grew up tough around playing boys and basketball but we always as a family were very respectful of the the, the Pat Summit program and, and, and what she had accomplished uh, and knowing that she, you know, was right down the road at Tennessee, that certainly as a young uh, lady, that's uh, – my daughter always had a dream to play basketball at, at the University of Tennessee. So uh, it, it was amazing that uh, that came to fruition. Yeah, she had an opportunity to be be on some really great teams. And uh, do you have a recruitment story uh, about Pat Summit and you know showing up in the gym or something? I do. Uh, it, it, a couple of them really. Uh, it, it, she had uh, actually approached Kate as a sophomore and uh, had, had had some conversations with her. And uh, we were playing Oak Ridge at Oak Ridge. It was my my daughter's, I believe, sophomore year, and uh, played Oak Ridge, and they were perennial power. Uh, we were 12 or 13 down at halftime, and, and Pat Summit comes walking in the gym, <laughs> and uh, I, I saw her. She stood right under one of the goals, and uh, uh, we ended up coming back and, and beating Oak Ridge. And uh, Jill Pruden, the coach at Oak Ridge, that was, that was her worst loss that she ever had. So that was memorable, and, and having Coach Summit come to the house along with Holly Warlick uh, of course, my my wife cooked all day, and <laughs> and uh, it, it, I'm sure Coach Summit and Coach Warlick and and their staff probably ate a lot of meals. But uh, just having her come to the the house and and uh, experience that recruiting uh, situation was was awesome for the whole family. That's awesome. They they said Coach Summit was always just real truthful. Like if you come in and work hard, you know you're going to have some opportunities. Was that was that kind of the message that was sent? Like no guarantees, but. Here, come in, work hard, and we'll have it. We'll have you there for you. I'll say this about Pat Summit: two things. Uh, she had promised Kate a scholarship as a sophomore. Kate committed as a sophomore. 
Coach Howard, her basketball coach, used to go to coaching clinics. She ran, he ran into Coach Gino Ariema, and Gino said, uh, oh, you, you're uh, the McMahon girls coach, huh? And he goes, yes. He said, please get me in the house. Get me in the house to talk to the family and her. He said, there would be nothing I'd like better than to get a girl out of Pat's backyard. So, uh, That's awesome. With that said, um, you know, it was, it was a great experience. She tore her ACL, ACL five games into her senior year. And uh, still a lot of coaches would say, hey, look, we're going to move on. But she honored the scholarship. Uh, Kate was able to play the next year, uh, not 100%. Uh, she wanted to play her, for her mom, who was, who was uh, terminally ill with cancer. Uh, so we were able to – Teresa was able to see her play in person at the games for about half the year. Right. And uh, so that was memorable and an awesome situation. Absolutely. Coach Mack, you said uh, – Pat visited Kate when she was a sophomore. I'm doing the math, and obviously she did a lot of things her freshman year to probably get Pat's attention. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, she had some good good years, but as as you know, a lot of the the the, the recruiting and the look sees, if you will, is is in the summer for AAU, and mm. and uh, uh, she was able to do some good things in the AAU circuit, which pretty much got her. Uh, if you exposed, will, exposed yeah. to to uh, the national scene, if you will, absolutely. But but Kate's went on, and, and like I said, had had a successful post college career. She's she's the owner of CM Training. I've I've seen her videos on Facebook, keeping those those young people in their ball handling skills and doing some basketball work. Uh, so she's she's done some good things. Brought it back to Blunt County, and uh, and really appreciate what she does uh, for the community. But kind of to flip gears, her brother. We talk about him, Reese. Uh, he had a really good, strong baseball career at Heritage, right? Had a great baseball and football career. He, he had the misfortune of having me as the head coach in football, even oh, though I no. never did really, quote, coach him. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was a pretty good football player, even though he is, was my son, I have to say that, and, and, a, and a good baseball player. Uh, and uh, he, he was an uh, offensive player of the year his junior year uh, in baseball and, and – uh, uh, with Farragut and, and, and that type of people, Bearden and those folks in that district, it, it was a tough district. And uh, I, I feel like he had a, a real good career and, and went on to play uh, baseball at Cleveland State until uh, a shoulder injury. Uh, again, he had a shoulder injury, kind of curtailed his – and signed at Tennessee Wesleyan to play baseball. And, and of course, uh, the shoulder uh, – he wasn't able to continue his career. But talk about some of those early those those high school memories. You know, we, we Boom brought up the the no hitter against Maryville. Uh, was that was that a, a key moment? Was that something that's that that's got to be highly regarded? It doesn't happen very much, and to do it in, in a in a cross county rivalry, that's that's got to be a big moment. Well, it certainly was. It it, it of course when you play Maryville, it's a it's a natural rivalry, and and uh, we played them at Maryville College, and there was a good, really a great crowd there, and. Uh, uh, Reese just had a pretty good pitcher uh, always, but that that day he had tremendous stuff, and uh, he he walked quite a few people. I don't think they got the ball out of the infield hitting it, but there was always maybe a runner or two on base every inning. Uh, Coach he just did that to keep them keep them on. He just wanted to keep people, and especially <laughs> Dad, nervous. Uh, but uh, oh. the great thing about it, side story, Coach Paleo, who's uh, you know a legendary coach, baseball major league career, he. 
he got had a hard time getting used to high school coaching. He used to go out there and kind of argue with umpires a little bit on the minor league <laughs> level, but they didn't take it too well in high school. So he, he got tossed the game before, so we had to sit out. Oh, no. So uh, Coach Paleo had to sit out in the center field trees out there at Maryville College and peek through to see the game. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, we always kind of tease Coach about, you know, the, the – That's his lucky spot. That's his lucky <laughs> spot out there. and, and uh, Had the binoculars. That's right. So, yeah, that was that was a highlight, certainly, of Reese's he, career, one of them. Uh, he, he didn't have anybody hitting trash cans or anything. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Too soon, I get it. Uh, but, uh, but, Coach, that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, between your impact of Blount County, Kate's impact in Blount County, and then nationally at the University of Tennessee, and then Reese's is, is great career kind of going across. Uh, the the McMahon family has has just done a lot for for uh, for the county of the Blunt County community, and again, want to appreciate that. I, I appreciate you coming in; it's been real fun. Well, let me tell you, it's all it's a pleasure to talk. Uh, the, as you say, the close to forty years, and uh, again, it's a testament to uh, all the the students, the athletes, the administrations that I that I've worked with, and uh, just been very fortunate to be in Blunt County. Absolutely. Hey, Earl, one of the first times we actually met on the coaching trail, we were very lucky. We didn't know it. He was 85 over UT. And uh, I remember seeing you after the clinic. You had that orange or uh, maroon Toyota truck, I think, with Coach <laughs> Howard. We uh, we go in there and Daryl Dickey and Walt Harris putting on a clinic. Uh, Daryl Darryl has 10 different quarterback techniques. Coach Harris calls them out. Oh, that was such a – we didn't know it, but such a wonderful time. And they would pull that uh, 85 upset over Miami that year in the Sugar Bowl. Do you remember seeing me over there? Oh, absolutely. I do. I, I, I remember those clinics vividly, and, and you're exactly right. Didn't know it at the time, but you talk about some golden years with uh, Coach Majors over there and, and uh, the, the rebirth, if you will, of Tennessee football and uh, just uh, – very, very fortunate to be a part of those clinics. You, you know, it's it's interesting, and I think sometimes you know we're so close to home. We're right here in Knoxville. You know, I went to the coaching clinic just last year, and and saw guys like uh, you, you know um, Frank Reich, you know, head coach at, at the Indianapolis Colts, is you know the innovator of the the Philly special there at the in, in <laughs> Philadelphia. You know, saw uh, Tom Moore. Uh, you know, a great football mind from Indianapolis that was Peyton's first OC. Uh, saw saw uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think, uh, which, of course, Freddie Kitchens. But uh, anybody who's ever listened to this show understands that I'm not a big Freddie Kitchens fan. But, uh, but seeing all these great people, you know, you look and, and you don't know at the time you see them what that's going to look like. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're seeing people and you're learning techniques and you're you're kind of trying to find a few pieces that you can take back and use. And then later on in life, you, you see what the meaning of those things were. Like like Boone said, you know, you're there in 85. You think Daryl Dickey's just the next – you know, he's the he's honestly, I guess, at that point the backup because T-Rob started that year, right? 50-year yeah. senior. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a – uh, an acting playing GA really probably what he kind of simul you know simulated a little bit but then he ends up becoming in and 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 being the guy that the catalyst that said you know what well, we're not going to lose and then going down there and knocking off those hurricanes you just never know persevere and a lot of great things can happen you know John uh, John Gruden was a GA at, at Tennessee right so, yeah you know and uh, it, it's just uh, 
it's a great study. Absolutely, absolutely. But, Coach, again, thanks for coming in. It's always fun. Uh, if anybody's out there listening and missed the start of the show, we'll have re-air today from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on this station, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. and streaming at WKVL.com. But also, if you want to just catch it right now, here about 7.30, this thing will be uploaded at www.thegrindonsports.com. You can catch it right here, the Coach Mack edition of a Wednesday Grind. But thanks for coming in, Coach, and, and always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Coach, Blount County is a better place because of you. Oh, that's very kind. Again, I'm running out of checks. To, <laughs> Great to comments, <laughs> but true. But, but guys, we've run out of time, but at the top of the hour, don't miss Jason Swain and the Swain event right here on your source for sports in Blount County, WKVL. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on. <laughs>